0: Hey, it's David with ClearFit Coaching. I hope that you are doing very well this week. That was a bit of a pause. I was trying to find something, a unique way of saying, I hope you're kicking butt. I hope you're feeling well. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're up to some good. Hey, we're going to talk this week a little bit about goals that we've failed to put in place despite the idea that they are absolutely to our benefit to do so, right? Right. But before we get going with that, I want to just say real quickly, uh, I had an opportunity to go for a ride with a group and some friends in Boulder. And oh my gosh, do I forget how much I love riding my bike in Boulder. What a mecca for cycling. And I know that term is probably overused for, for that town. You could probably devise some kind of an app to show like, bikes per square mile and be able to calculate the center of boulder based on those numbers climbing as rapidly as they do driving there the number of bikes on bike racks increases and when you get there the parking lot that we were meeting in full of cyclists cyclists all over the place dozens of cyclists that's where i fell in love with the sport and it was really nice to get back so thank you to eric And the Mile High 360 organization for hosting the ride, getting us all together, for the front range cyclists that joined us as well. What a great time. What a great ride. So like I said, today we're going to talk about, and actually it's tied a little bit to this very thing, um, considerations for goals of the upcoming year. And um, we're getting closer. I know that it's not the new year yet, but there's certainly no harm in thinking about these things. And I've been giving consideration to a few goals for the upcoming year. I'm a goal-oriented person, always have been, and I've been more successful with some than others, but you learn from every one of them, right? So beyond the goal itself, which is always nice to achieve, that's the point, I've also been experimenting over the last few years with methods and strategies on how to best put them in place, assess their effectiveness, and know when to give them up. Well, the first key to success for me is frequency. I've got a daily checklist of items that I play with every month, adding a new something or dropping one, dropping one from the list when it becomes established without need for a reminder, right? I use an app called Habit List. It's great for ease of use and availability. Um, It's easy to review what you're working on. It sets reminders if you need them. I've got a couple long-term streaks that I'm compelled by numbers to maintain. And when it works best, I can remove the habit when it's something that I should just do. Strange how flossing my teeth always seems to need a refresher. The second key to that list is variety. So the list changes a bit, and that helps keep things interesting. Along with the variety of the list and the fact that it isn't the same thing from month to month, I've got a good practice in place to express and develop a range of interests, too. And at the same time... I've narrowed my focus over the last few years to things of true value. This helps to limit the distractions to some degree and it better directs my resources and time. Sports are expensive. Everything's expensive these days. And it provides some spice, right? New something helps. Anything new helps. Spice is nice. Um, There are a couple things that are non-negotiable though, like practicing my guitar, playing for my friends, Spanish lessons, expressing my gratitude. Those are all long-lived streaks that I'm proud of but different ideas can come and go or sometimes be absorbed in some of the non-negotiable ideas themselves. Practicing major and minor scales on the guitar, for instance, had its own spotlight for a bit, but now it's just part of my warm-up routine in general. And fitness is a broad category that carries a lot of weight for me too. And this month, pull-ups got added to my list to build on the daily push-ups that I'd added last and just movement in general, which has always been my thing, including this ride this weekend, which was amazing. The app is also supportive of daily tasks that I've put in place to achieve longer-term goals, becoming fluent in Spanish, staying fit and healthy, playing guitar for friends, like I've said. These have all benefited from the daily markers that I've got in place. I've got some daily tasks related to business too, and staying up to date with coaching ideas, coaching practices, building my business. Thinking about the new year approaching One goal rose to the top with very little effort. It was something that I've always been pretty good at. And I recognize too that it requires attention and intention and focus. Being outside in an active capacity. Whether it's hiking, climbing, cycling, skiing, camping, fishing. These have all been lifelong pursuits. But I've let them suffer from being busy. Say what? Busy doing what? Outdoor activities have defined me for decades. The outdoors has always been my place of solace and rejuvenation. Being outside provides time of bonding with friends, exploring ideas with them while hiking, talking around the campfire, maybe playing guitar around the campfire, sharing music with each other while you're driving to the trailhead. It's not that I've neglected this entirely. Day trips to go mountain biking and ski days still occur regularly. But the frequency of overnight efforts, adventure, multiple day trips, that's certainly fallen to a low. So why? Where did I let them go? Well, once I had identified it, the idea of engaging again in this, I also started questioning the idea of waiting for the calendar to turn. That's crazy. Why wait to put something so important, so essential in place? But we all struggle with this, right? We've got dreams. We've got ambitions. Maybe we've gone as far as mapping them out to a degree, formulating a plan, setting goals, deadlines, etc., setting these things in our head or even started to jot them down. So beyond individual circumstances or unique circumstances and events that may delay or prevent our getting started, I want to spend some time today talking about some common issues that we face and may need to overcome. Because all of this thought, all of this conversation leads me to ask, why do we sometimes fail to change the habits and behaviors even for things we know will make us happier, provide fun memories, improve our health, improve our outlook in life. Failing to change habits and behaviors, even when we know they will make us happier and expand our horizons and improve our lives, can be attributed to various psychological, emotional, and environmental factors. And these are fun to look at because they seem to lead from one to the other. So the first one that comes to mind is the lack of immediate gratification. Why is it that so many unhealthy or unproductive habits come with such immediate rewards or relief, while the benefits of healthy habits, healthier habits even, may be delayed or require a sustained effort? The human brain often prioritizes short-term rewards over long-term gains. And we've got to remind ourselves that the rewards of the long-term efforts carry more value. These are the stories that we share. And the feeling of success that comes after a deliberate and sustained effort, those things, in, they, they exist independent of the action or possibly the substance, the intake, that leads to those things associated with immediate gratification. Our comfort zone's a big part of this too, right? People tend to stick with what's familiar and comfortable, even if it's not in their best interest. Breaking out of a comfort zone can be challenging. It involves uncertainty and discomfort. And for me, I know that I'll need to break my morning routine to accommodate the adventure that awaits me in my outdoor pursuits. And I said that specifically in that way, because it sounds ridiculous, right? Of course, you're going to break your morning routine to accommodate adventure. Why wouldn't you? It doesn't mean the routine is lost, though. It means that my time with a good cup of coffee and my journal in the mountains versus at the table, what an incredible change of pace and practice, that's that's something to look forward to. The time in my house in the morning is nice, but what a cool thing to shake it up and do it in a novel location. I'm looking forward to it already. The subject matter, what's brought to my attention and makes the cut for the day, these will also be so different from one place to the other. What I write about sitting at the kitchen table is gonna be totally different than the things that may come to mind when I wake up with the sun looking out of my tent, got my stove going, getting my coffee ready, and those things. Fear of change is just a little bit different than the comfort zone idea. Change often entails uncertainty, and humans are wired to fear the unknown. People may resist change because they fear failure or the challenges that come with it, and change takes a toll in and of itself, but it's also exciting. We can start with changes that maybe don't carry the risk of higher valued activities. This is a good spot to mention the baby steps, right? Let's talk about motivation, a lack of motivation. Even when we intellectually understand the benefits of change, we may lack the intrinsic motivation or the compelling why that drives us to take action. So how do we find that motivation? Talk about a few things later on when I discuss Some of these common points, and we'll look at different mindsets that we can adapt or an approach that we can adapt to overcome some of these things. But motivation means sitting with it for a bit and really analyzing what it is about that activity that we're considering, that new habit we're going to put into place, that trip we're going to take, what things benefit us with this. Talked a little bit about this with just the comfort zone idea, but habitual behavior. I talk a lot about building good habits. I like that side of the coin. And habits can be efficient and in place for good reasons. And culturally, though, we often focus on the dark side of habits, right? For many of us, habits are deeply, happily ingrained in our neural pathways, and breaking them, if that's what's needed, requires significant effort and persistence. Habits become automatic responses to certain cues or triggers, making them hard to change. And one method I use here is to create a target word or thought when I'm in a situation that I would respond to habitually. Something to promote a second thought or a reanalysis of the situation, giving consideration to how someone you admire would respond to the circumstances, or maybe how the ideal you would behave here. Unhealthy habits, particularly substance-related ones, can serve as coping mechanisms, and stress and coping mechanisms are a part of this resistance to putting new things into place. We use these things to deal with stress, anxiety, and other negative emotions, and people often return to these habits as a way to self-soothe. And to a point, this is fine. If that coping mechanism is a hot cup of tea or a walk, great, go for it. But regardless of what it is, we've got to be honest with ourselves about it, and we can't be afraid to reach out if we need help. We all need help at times. Social and environmental influences, our social circles and environmental factors can heavily influence our behaviors. If those around us engage in unhealthy habits, it can be challenging to break free from them. The habits. Challenging to break free from the habits, the bad habits, is one thing. And in many ways, that's a heck of a lot easier than breaking the relationship if that's what's needed, right? It's okay to break. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to excuse yourself from a situation. And it's okay to say goodbye when the time comes. Finding a supportive friend or group of friends can literally be life-saving for some. Don't count this out. Let's talk a little bit about self-efficacy. And I guess in this case, it would be a point of needing to strengthen it or confront the idea that maybe there's a lack of self-efficacy in these situations where we're not putting something that we know is in our best interest into place. The belief in one's ability to change is crucial. A lack of self-efficacy can lead to low confidence, making it difficult to take the necessary steps to change those habits. But a lot of times the perceived difficulty gets in the way as much as anything. Sometimes we just overestimate the difficulty of the change, believing it to be more challenging than it actually is. And this perception can be a significant barrier to change. Finding the willpower in this idea of efficacy, right? The willpower, I don't know that it's a finite resource, but I know it can be depleted over the course of a day. You need to recharge... So when we're faced with numerous decisions and temptations, people may find it challenging to muster the willpower that they need to resist those old habits or to make these changes. Funny, just right now as I'm recording this, my wife just sent me a comic with Superman making his bed, and and it states here that people who make their bed are 206% more likely to become a millionaire. I love it. I love it. All right, I said we were going to take a look at these mindset approach ideas. It's this, um, when presented with a challenge, what mindset is going to benefit us here and what approach can we consider to overcome this idea? So let's start with one we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, procrastination. We're talking about goals, right? So let's start with cultivating a growth mindset, which focuses on learning and improvement rather than over-dependence on what we know. The complexity of situations means we've got a chance to learn something new. We can be, and we should be, guided by our values, those that can carry a weight of certainty. But they can and will change over time as well. We've got to do our best to act, to try, even when fearing failure. So the necessary word here is action, right? And it means that we're going to act accepting the idea that it may not be the right approach this time, or that we're going to learn some things with some stumbling along the way. So, the approach that I would encourage here, if we're procrastinating for some reason, is to break the tasks into smaller, manageable steps, set clear goals, and use time management techniques like the Promodoro method. The Promodoro method, or the technique, I guess you could call it, the Promodoro technique, it's a time management method that's based on 25-minute stretches of focused work broken by five-minute breaks and longer breaks, typically 15 to 30 minutes, that can be taken after four of those sessions or four of those intervals are completed. And each work interval is called a pomodoro. Did I say Pomodoro? Sorry, pomodoro. Um, it's the Italian word for Tomato. Stress and anxiety. Stress and anxiety are some things that we confront, right? Let's talk about the mindset that would help us to deal with stress and anxiety. Practice mindfulness and stress management. Techniques that help us to stay present and manage this anxiety. There are countless. If you've identified effective ones for yourself, develop the habit of a regular practice of these things. If you've not found something yet and you're listening to this, I'm kind of surprised, but I've got a pretty good idea that you've at least given some thought to a few. So make this one of your baby steps to change. Find that mindfulness practice and help use that as a tool to relieve your stress and anxiety. Help that mindset break you through some of these things. The approach here, deep breathing exercises, meditation, yoga, seeking professional help when it's needed, such as therapy or counseling, Um, As I've mentioned before, mine works beautifully on the bike or when I'm on a walk with my dog or if I'm on a run. Sometimes it's a lack of motivation. So what mindset benefits us when we look at a lack of motivation? We have to spend some time to clarify our values and set meaningful goals to boost intrinsic motivation. Don't be afraid to make the commitment to your values. There is space to live by them. Support is great. But you can do this on your own as well if needed. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this idea of guiding by values with regard to knowledge in a bit. But the approach here for this idea to beat you know a lack of motivation is create a vision board. Establish rewards for your accomplishments. Surround yourself with a supportive community. Okay, how do we battle low self-esteem? Well, the mindset here is to challenge negative self-talk and practice self-compassion. The approach, depending on the severity of this low self-esteem, it could be something like cognitive behavioral therapy. It could be something as simple as some positive affirmations. Um, looking again for support from a therapist or a counselor or a good friend. Sometimes the thing that stops us is the idea of perfectionism. And the mindset here is that it can benefit you to embrace the concept of good enough and focus on progress over perfection. I know that this is one that stops me even from recording these podcasts, getting everything right, getting everything set up just perfectly can keep me away from the computer for days. But I don't let it. The approach to embrace here is to set realistic goals, break tasks into smaller parts again, And challenge the irrational beliefs about perfection. We're never going to achieve perfection. And the pottery example, I think, was one that I explained in the last podcast that I think is beautiful. When the class was split in half and judged either based on the volume of pottery they produced or the one perfect piece they submitted in the end. And, of course, that group up front that produced more and more and more ended up producing higher quality stuff. Same applies to us in any of these things that we're fighting over perfectionism, right? the fear of failure. The mindset. Well, simply put, why don't we just start viewing failures as opportunities for growth and learning? And so the approach here is to set achievable goals. Gosh, I've been saying that a bunch, haven't I? Is it catching on? I hope so. Gathering feedback and maintaining a growth-oriented mindset. Feedback's not always an easy one to ask for. Sometimes you're lucky and people let you know, and I've been graced with that myself the last few episodes. Thank you again. Time and resource management. The mindset here is to understand the value of time and the importance of prioritization. Prioritization, that's the word here. The approach, use time management tools like to-do lists, calendars, time blocking, Pomodoro, and uh, increase your productivity in that way. Lack of discipline. Mindset for a lack of discipline. Develop self discipline by creating a clear sense of purpose and commitment. When you start thinking of yourself as that person who's committed to or that person who embodies XYZ values, that discipline falls into place pretty easily. You don't let yourself walk past a task that you know needs to be completed. And the approaches here, there's a few. You can create routines. You can work to remove distractions. Turn off the television, turn down the radio, take the earbuds out. Hold yourself accountable through accountability partners or apps, even. I like the idea of using friends and accountability partners a little bit better personally. Share your success, share your challenges, get some feedback and You know, some of that, uh, those positive things, so many positive things come from talking to one another and we're getting pretty bad at it overall. We text a lot. It's not that there's no communication, but sitting down and talking to somebody, that's a whole different thing. All right, I'll stop. (laughs) Although it's funny, this next one I've got listed here poor communication skills. Recognize the importance of effective communication in personal and professional relationships. That's the mindset that we need to adopt. Take the time to put things together well. Recognize the importance of the distillation process to make sure that your words competing for space in this ever-crowded world are ones that get to the point, Ones that capture the essence of what it is you're trying to say to one another. The approach here is actually not about talking, it's about active listening. Practice that. Practice active listening. Give other people that ear that they need, and the likelihood of them giving it back is going to be stronger. It's seek feedback. Look for other people's input and invest in communication tools or workshops. Overthinking. Whew, overthinking is a big one, right? I know a lot of people that fall fall into this, the mindset here for overthinking. Understand that the negative impact of excess rumination and the importance of letting it go. Understand the negative impact of excessive rumination and the importance of letting go. Yeah, again, kind of falls on that idea of perfectionism, right, versus practice. So an approach here similar Mindfulness meditation, journaling, seeking cognitive behavioral therapy sometimes can help reduce overthinking. I know that this is kind of a nitty gritty one, but financial management. When we're talking about resources, a mindset to adopt here is to develop financial literacy and prioritize budgeting and savings. Be honest with yourself about these things. Don't be afraid to confront them. Put them in front of yourself. Take an honest look, an honest assessment of where you sit with these things. The approach for this mindset is to create a budget, seek financial advice, educate yourself on personal finance. If you're married or in a partnership, talk with one another about these things. That can't be overstressed. Talk with one another about financial things. Where, how often do we hear this is one of the top, if not the top contributors to dissolving relationships? And lastly here, we'll talk about some of those unhealthy habits again. Um, If there are things that are out of character with who you want to be, whatever habit this might be, right smoking, overeating, drinking, the mindset I would encourage here is to recognize the importance of health and well-being. And the approach, seek professional help if needed. Use behavior change techniques. Build a support system. It's essential to remember that addressing these issues often involves a combination of approaches. I know we've talked a lot about today talked about a lot today, and that some of these things are going to be an ongoing effort. Flossing may always be on my list, but my teeth are healthy, by the way. Additionally, seeking professional guidance from therapists, coaches, and mentors can be highly beneficial in overcoming these challenges. Start planning now. It's um, getting close to the end of the year. And the more thought and time you give to these goals for the year ahead and years ahead, your odds are going to start falling in your favor. I really appreciate your time today. Again, this is David with ClearFit Coaching. You can find me at clearfitcoaching.com. You can send me an email at david at clearfitcoaching.com. I look forward to talking to you again soon. I hope you all have a great week.